Hello and welcome to The Lost Button, the podcast for young people figuring out their future life and career. I'm Liz. And I'm Connor. And we're here to help you navigate all the big decisions you have to make about your future and create a path that's right for you. Each episode, we're going to tackle some of the biggest questions and challenges Gen Z are facing about their future, from finding a job you're passionate about to managing stress and burnout. Hi, this is Pia, producer of The Lost Button. This is a content warning that today's episode features the topic of mental health. If you or someone you know needs help, you can call Lifeline on 131114 or chat online. We have also listed some other mental health resources in the show notes. Well, it's been an awesome week for me. I've been really enjoying the tennis, Liz. What have you been up to? I have been onboarding our brand new team members. They are Exciting. I know. There's like how many? 10 of us or so 11 of us in the Purposeful family now which is so exciting but I also feel like I've added six new best friends to my life so just a lot of communicating a lot of like coffees and yeah I'm very excited for this year because they're all super different got some really cool passions and I think we'll have to bring some of them on the podcast as well we should and it's a small world Liz because my mum was actually looking through the announcement of who you'd hired and she said Oh, one of them is my Pilates instructor. So there you go. And then she'd actually been oh my God. the biggest person at Pilates, like being taught by her for months and months. So yeah, that's so world. funny. So funny. We've got that. I think that must be Louise. And then we've also it is. got it is. Ruby, who everybody would know from her episode, who's pastry chef, roller, skater. Extraordinaire. And, yeah. And like, um, CJ. CJ, who we'll have to bring on. We've also got Jake, who we're going to be um, hearing from a little bit later uh, in the show today, who I'm super excited to yeah share his story. We're getting into the episode. This one today is about how you can use authenticity to improve your mental health by living true to yourself. And normally we do Would You Rather, but I thought I'd mix it up a little bit today and instead ask a different question, Liz, which is, in which situations do you feel like your most authentic self? Well, there used to be this um, <laughs> quote, I want to say quote, but it's so not a quote, just from the Taylor Swift fandom, where it was like, <laughs> my happiest place in the world is at a Taylor Swift concert. So maybe that at is, a Taylor Swift good. concert, <laughs> dancing, that's what I thought of straight away. <laughs> but Lately, you know what, this is a really good topic, I think, for me at the moment, because in a lot of the things I'm doing right now, I'm sort of performing, like I'm having to, I'm literally like on stage presenting and talking or facilitating meeting or team or pitching. And a lot of that is, you know, it's actually talking about my authentic self, but it's still kind of having to put on like, not an act, but present yourself. And so... I think I feel most like myself just when I'm away from all of that at the moment because, yeah, I can kind of separate myself from my work a bit more. Um, so, like, over the summer, I was down south, which if you're not in WA, well, it's just by the beach, basically, and um, kind of getting back to nature literally was really nice to, to literally create more space to, yeah, be with myself a bit. But what about you, Connor? 
I've had a very relaxing month, I would say. Um, as you know, I'm getting ready for the big grad job. So I am actually supposed to go down south tomorrow. So similar to you, very relaxing. But for me, um, yeah, I'm a huge tennis fan. So I've been like following all the stats, all the matches, and the Aussies are doing really well. Um, so the doubles final is two Australian um, pairs going against each other. And a big fan of Ash Barty, the number one player in the world who's Australian. So yeah, it's been it's been a nice break. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to what this year has in store. But in yeah. terms of my place, um, yeah, honestly, two places where I feel like my relaxed true self. One is Broome, which is just, you know, tropical paradise. If anyone's on the East Coast, kind of like Cairns vibes um, or yelling up down south, there's this sort of garden. And whenever I'm there, as I will be this weekend, I just feel like extremely connected to myself and yeah. calm. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Oh, love it. I love it. And I think this is a really cool topic for us today, um, which uh, a book that I read about, which got me thinking a lot about sort of purpose and um, connection was Lost Connections, uh, which is by Johan Hari. And he's got a really cool TED talk on it as well that I recommend people have a listen to. Um, and he talks about in the book, like a whole, his own sort of mental health journey, but also a lot of the different causes of declining mental health, I guess, amongst our population. We know that more and more young people experience different poor mental health sort of situations on a really regular basis now. And some of the main causes he talks about, which I think we found really interesting, was disconnect from a secure and hopeful future, disconnect from meaningful values, disconnect from meaningful work, from nature, which we just kind of talked about, and from others. And yeah, some of those really um, hit home for us at Purposeful because there are a lot of what we talk about. Yeah, it's really good point. So important. Um, I think for me, uh, like the importance of connection to yourself really informs a lot of what Purposeful is doing. And it's this concept of in order to be able to work out what your purpose in life is, you have to actually be asking yourself those questions as we do in the workshops who am I, what do I value, what are my core values and beliefs, and that will be able to inform that um, meaningful work that you want to achieve and also allowing you to have like a hopeful future. And I think we see that with a lot of high school students when they don't know what they want to do in the future with like a job, it's often because they might not have a lot of hope in their own skills or their own sort of future opportunities, yeah. Yeah, and even right now, right, like with the way that the world is, especially with COVID, I think, you know, it, it maybe seems obvious why some of so many of us feel so, you know, like disconnected right now, literally from each other, but also from that hopeful future. Like we don't have certainty of what is going to happen next. And I do think, though, that like we never have that certainty, right? Like we just think we do, but... We love to feel like we're kind of in control of the outcome of things. And so when we don't feel like we can see what's going to happen, it, it makes us feel, yeah, really disconnected. So I've, I've been over the like, last few years with Purposeful, it's been quite interesting thinking about like where does it sort of sit? Because when we do stuff in schools, for example, like it is well about well-being, you know, but it's also about your career and it's also about your relationships and it's also about, you know, innovation and thinking differently. So it kind of sits at the middle of all those 
um, kind of areas. And for me, like living in a purposeful way has probably been the word I've used to replace living in like an authentic way or living in a way that, you know, um, supports my well-being and my mental health because it's living in a way that aligns with my values. Um, being really present as possible and, and there to, to form more meaningful, deeper relationships with other people. Like I joke that I don't have a small talk filter because I don't, but it's, it's that sort of one of the things I really value and I think you value when you live more purposely is forming those like deeper relationships with other people too. Um, and similarly like work, like if, if you're, you get up to every day and you're going to a job that doesn't fulfill you, then it has a huge toll on, on us. So all of those things that he talks about, yeah, I find really interesting because it just relates to so much of, like you said, Connor, what we've talked about on the podcast and what we all kind of have gravitated towards valuing in living in a, a purposeful way. Yeah, really well said, Liz. So in summary, do you think that purpose is related to your mental health? Definitely. I think we can't, you know, I want to preface this by saying we're not trying to make blanket statements about anything and everybody's, you know, um, mental health situation is completely unique. But what I've noticed in so many young people in particular is that that disconnect from self, that disconnect from future, disconnect from each other really leads and disconnect from meaningful work leads to a lack of purpose. And so it's, it's purpose is a thing that then can kind of connect a lot of those missing connections back together again really easily. And actually one of the sort of quickest ways that you can shift that trajectory for yourself, I do believe is by finding more meaningful work because it suddenly means that, you know, you're also doing things we spend how many hours a week at work so you're spending a huge chunk of your time with people that align with your values doing work that fulfills you working towards a vision or a future that you know excites you and drives you so all those connections that he talks about can be fulfilled by just changing that one thing which could be how you spend your time and um, what you what job or what path you spend your time doing so yeah definitely yeah, spot on Liz. Extremely well said. I also agree that a lot of people don't think critically enough about the work they're doing. And I've certainly seen a lot of people that I know who go through that process of self-discovery, then not only have success in their working world, but also many areas of their life. It's all connected. Yeah, definitely. And today's interview with Jake and um, Jake has become a really great advocate actually for young people and for mental health which I'm really keen to share his story in just a little bit and we were lucky enough to interview him a couple months ago to wrap up 2021. Now it's time for the lost and found. Even though being lost is a problem that young people across the world are facing it can be easy to feel like you're the only one. Each episode will bring a young person on the show to share their story and the challenges they're facing about their future. Today's guest is Jake, a living experience youth mental health advocate. Hello, Jake. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being on board. I'm super excited to chat with you. How are you going today? Pretty good. A little tired, but yes. all good. First podcast interview, is it? Yes. Yeah, amazing. I've done one on the radio before, but 
first podcast. Oh my gosh, amazing. This is basically like a radio show we've decided. So we're really keen to hear more about your journey today and every episode we love interviewing a different young person about their story um, to figuring out themselves and their future. My first question is a simple but hard one sometimes, which is tell us about yourself and your journey through life after school. About myself? (laughs) Well, I graduated high school last year. The first year out, dropped out of uni, which was fun. Basically, I think with my anxiety, couldn't deal with that environment. It's not what I expected. And also studying philosophy, having to move on every week to a new topic when I just wanted to focus on the things I liked. It's difficult. But now I'm kind of picking up whatever work I can find as kind of a youth advocate for people with mental health, young people specifically, just so I can kind of use my experience to make change. I've been doing that since the start of the year, but more actively recently. Yeah, awesome. And that's how we we met as well. So I'm really keen to chat more about the work that you're doing now. Mm. So was there a path that was like written or set out for you, maybe by yourself or from others? And was there any expectation of like a career path that you would follow? Career path, not so much, but there was definitely the expectation that I was going to go to university. Like I was always the lucky one who was academically gifted, which the school system likes. So yeah. it was always like, wow, you're doing good in this. Go get a 99.958 and then go live your dreams and then come year 12. Uh, that did not happen. Yeah, and I know that's a topic that you're super passionate about is like the whole HR process. I know we all kind of had similar experiences there too how how did you find like looking back on that now maybe like a year on how have you found changing that path like going away from what yeah everybody sort of expected of you right what's that journey been like I think difficult in the beginning especially because I did stick to it for a while and so then it wasn't it wasn't just that I was not going on the road I was meant to it was that I took a couple of steps and then fell off the road but now I think when I stopped going to uni and kind of getting more into the mental health space things kind of just flowed naturally like people don't ask me people don't care what I did in school or what my ATAR was they just care what I have to say and it's not even like what I have to say in a sense of some great profound philosophy I've been thinking on it's just literally a recount like you do in year two and they take that and that's valuable to people. Yeah, I think stories are valuable to people. And I think that people relate a lot more to stories than they do to statistics or numbers like ATAR, right? And at Purposeful, we talk a lot about sort of values and how important it is to find yourself and make decisions for your future. What would you say are some of your values that you hold true to you? Probably empathy is a big one. I think that kind of underlies everything that I do. Like if you were to continually ask me why I'm doing something, eventually it comes around to empathy. And empathy and I I guess compassion, it's basically the same <laughs> thing, but understanding that you can help people through your empathy, I think is what then leads into compassion. Yeah, totally. And, and it's really exciting because a lot of young people want work and I guess, or want to spend their time on solving problems that they care about and also empathise a lot with each other about these big issues that so many of us face, like you said, around mental health, but also climate change and like all of these crazy things that are happening in the world right now. Um, I think it's a really important value to have if only everybody um, shared it with you. 
I know one of your values as well is authenticity, which I've had the privilege of hearing you give a really cool TED talk about. But can you tell us a little bit about authenticity as well? Because I, it's also one of my values, so I'm keen to hear your thoughts on it. Well, I think my kind of focus on that came from a book I read called The Courage to Be Disliked. And the, basically the philosophy of that book is if there's not people, if everyone likes you, then you can't be happy because you're always trying to help everyone because if everyone likes you but two people can hold opposite opinions then you you can't be one person you must be at least two people Mm. and so the idea is that to be happy is to have the courage to have somebody dislike you and so I think that also came from high school with my anxiety and hiding the fact that I was gay it's kind of like always had to put up that wall and that was something I did from year seven just putting up that wall to protect myself but then coming to see that if I let that down safely around the right people, then I'm a lot happier. Mm. Yeah, being your authentic self unlocks a new level of happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you gain the confidence to become your authentic self? Like that's a really difficult thing to do. Uh, therapy. Yes. <laughs> I've been to a lot of things, headspace, cams, private places. I also had good friends mm-hmm. and an accepting family, which is very helpful. I think probably the biggest turning point was I stayed in a, a youth unit for mental health, an inpatient unit, 2020. And coming out of that, kind of you can't get discharged unless you have community support. And so my community, community support was I'm going to go back to Headspace. And then I got discharged, called up Headspace, and there they said basically, no, you have to wait three months. And so then I called CAMS and they were like, no, you have to wait four months. And so what ended up happening is that I went on kind of like a leadership self-development camp called Camp Hero that's run by Zero to Hero. And that kind of had everything that the system is lacking. The first day, the CEO, the camp facilitator, Ashley Harrison, she said like, this is a time to try out new versions of you. Like nobody knows who you are and they're not going to notice if you're acting different. So just try something new every day. And I was able to tap into that. And especially with all their help, kind of encouraging vulnerability and bonding with people. That was really what gave me the confidence to just be me. And weirdly enough, probably a lot of people have heard of the social deception kind of game called Werewolf. And that was something that we played that like three of the five nights. And that was something, for some reason, I was really good at just because I was kind of using that as a time to try different ways of communicating with people. And I found that the one that worked the most was just being myself, <laughs> what I realized was myself at least. You're probably good at the game as well because you seem to be pretty emotionally intelligent as well. And being able to be aware of your own emotions would allow you to be good at that game because you have to be able to be in touch with yourself and what other people are expressing Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to I guess hide what needs to be hidden but also show what you want to show I love that game I used to play it all the time it's so fun I love that like that's the most um, interesting answer I think we've had to that question (laughs) before because Mm. when you think about like how to find yourself or like figure out whether that's your career pathway or who you are and who you want to be we think of really kind of boring and traditional ways of doing that but I think it should also be a really creative and fun process too so uh, that's such a cool 
experience that you had and I'm glad that you shared it with us. I'd love to learn more about where you are now because we've met through your kind of advocacy and I would say really awesome work in in helping other young people with their mental health challenges and the system as well. Can you tell us a bit about what you're doing now? How have you taken that, that those challenges that you've faced and seen in other people and what, you, what have been some of the things that have excited you lately about the work that you've been doing? I think just today, working with the Department of Health on the Sustainable Health Review Partnership Group as a lived experience person and also a youth consumer, I had the opportunity that they had five like highly ranked people who were all working on recommendations about the workforce. And I was felt more comfortable than usual to kind of grill them and ask the questions. And so that's kind of then apparently nobody had ever asked those questions before. So that kind of gave me the in of like saying like, if you need any more help. Here's my business card. <laughs> and I think just general in my, generally in my journey overall, accepting that sometimes I can't do the things that I feel like I should be able to do. Mm. And sometimes I need more help. Like in a couple of days, I'm going to a step up, step down facility that was entirely like I self-referred voluntarily, organized everything because I recognized that that's a good place to learn the things I can't learn at home. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And what... In, in terms of the stuff that you've been doing around like the system, like you said, you, you're someone that now people are asking for your view and advice and I think it's quite interesting because a lot of young people think that they have to gain all this experience and build up all these skills before they can be of value and before they can have impact and like literally just by being yourself and sharing your honest view, like you're potentially having huge ripples in that space for other young people. Um, what what are some of the changes that you think, you know, looking back on your own journey, like the supports that you wish other young people had or um, in for all of us as we're like tackling and, and constantly like managing our own mental health? What are some of those things that you've been really like pushing for, I guess, or hoping to see change about? Education of everyone. Something I was talking about today at the meeting was when the government is trying to get people to go to certain pathways to fill in the gaps. I was saying like you shouldn't be manipulating the young people by changing prices. You need to be going to them and explaining why this role is important and being in touch with them. And so I think I would find a lot of value in people just listening and trying to understand. It's a hard thing to do because you can't have just say teachers become really understanding because when students aren't used to that environment, then they have a negative reaction to that or don't engage with it. So you kind of have to educate teachers other staff, students, young people kind of have to come in a circular approach. Mm. I think it comes back to the topic of empathy, right? Like you have to be empathetic yourself to improve a system that relates to helping people develop them, themselves and mental health. My mom's a therapist, actually. She works as a therapist professionally. And do you have any advice for how therapists could improve as well in the mental health space? Because that's obviously you've been giving advice like the systems is there anything that you think could be improved in that system? Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> I think like the way the therapist runs a session. Yeah. I think over multiple sessions asking the same questions. Yeah. Like they always say, I went to a private psychologist and they said like, I do things a little bit differently. If you don't like it, tell me. Mm. And then at the end of the session, she asked me like, how are you finding it? I said, okay. But then two sessions in, I wasn't really getting it, but I didn't have the courage to stand up and say, 
I don't think this is working for me because that mm. meant that I have to take on the responsibility now of I'm the one who cut this out. So now the responsibility is mine. Find something else. Yeah. But if she kept asking me, feedback. then it kind of, yeah, it gives me the chance to give feedback. But also if that just isn't going to work for me, it takes the responsibility off my shoulders. Yeah, that's really good insight. Yeah. I didn't need more responsibility. Mm. It's very helpful. Great. Exactly. And that, that is a huge part of the systemic problem, right? That it is on the individual, unfortunately, to like actually seek change. And even I see in so many of my friends, like is both when you're experiencing those challenges and then also when you're trying to be there to help other people. Like we also lack that education completely because sure that we've seen so much more awareness now and like we all know that it's there are so many issues and like very degrees of complexity that we are all facing but like actually being empowered with both like the emotional and practical skill set to help people um man like I just wish that that was the subject that we were taught in school or someone was teaching now um what what are some of the things like if yeah if you were teaching that subject what would you say to other young people that are maybe in that position where yes they're trying to help themselves but also be there for their friends and whatnot too um what have yeah been some of the strategies that you found really valuable I think a lot of people try and come up with solutions where sometimes if you just listen and say like that sucks those kind of things acknowledging that yes the situation is pretty bad but don't the owner isn't on you to try and fix things because then you're taking on the responsibility of somebody else I think I've used the analogy of it's kind of like if life is a cliff face and then you're climbing up climbing it up like vertically up and mental health challenges are kind of the obstacles and so if you don't have the supports then you like you slip and you fall down some but if you if you have those supports and you have a harness you don't move or you go down a little bit but you're stable but when you have somebody there to lean on if they have support great you can grab onto them they're not going to fall but if both of you don't have support you grab onto them and they come with you mm. and so sometimes it's about if somebody comes to you to, for help or you go to them to help them you have to be sure that they're not affecting you in a greatly negative way because otherwise it will feed back through to them and make it worse for them that's why therapy is good right mm-hmm. <laughs> so useful to have professional support as well as personal support i think but that's a great analogy i really like that you can use it if you want <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll credit you. In terms of moving to the future, what do you think being successful means to you now with like the added insight that you have as an advocate for mental health and the experience that you're building? How would you define success? I think just being happy mm-hmm. and secure in that happiness. And then I guess it comes down to the question of what does happiness mean? <laughs> I, I think that changes depending on everyone. So I guess goal is to be secure, basically to be safe in knowing that when things are bad, they're going to come back around and making that loop as easy as possible. Yeah, well said. So purposeful, so purposeful. I'm excited about your future because I think you've got a lot of impact yet to make and you're just getting started on that process. I have one final question, which we ask everybody, which is thinking back to, you know, your 15-year-old your or younger self, what is the advice that you would pass on to that younger Jake and how would you help them? What year would I be in if I was 15? <laughs> 10? <15? laughs> 9 or 10. I think probably like stop thinking about the future, which is a pretty meaningless thing to say to somebody with anxiety. It's like saying get over it, but... <laughs> I guess I would say stop thinking about the future and then I would help myself think about now. Give the extra support that people need. Oh, I love it. I love it. So purposeful. Thank you so much for sharing your story and and, um, the work that you're doing now. I'm very excited about it. And yeah, very grateful. I think it's so 
it's so important that people hold that lived experience space like you're doing for other people, um, for all the many thousands and millions of people out there who are going through very similar things. So thank you, Jake. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Lost Button, a podcast helping you figure out your future one episode at a time. If our stories hit home for you today, we'd love for you to leave us a review or share with a friend. Head to our website to get career advice from The Lost Button, sign up to our mailing list for more practical tips or check out Purposeful on Insta to be part of our community. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we're recording today, the Noongar people of Wajak country. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Thanks and have an epic day. Thank you.